this is listen, man. Here's here's a here's a life hack, and I and I, I'll provide a life hack that is going to go out there and 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 hopefully this is, this is helpful. But um, here's a way to go out there and penetrate every. Good to be here. It's good to see you, buddy. It's I've known you f since forever. I think in the uh, in the tech ecosystem here in Vancouver, and uh, it's always been either we're sharing the stage <laughs> or running into each other along the street, but always good. So, how have you been doing? What have you been up to? Uh, well, listen. Um, well, thank you. It's good to see you as well. Uh, and yeah. Uh, I've been doing extremely well. Um, listen, in, in this world of of 2020 and 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 COVID, um, I'm just being on the right side of health is 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 uh, you know is grateful, and so I, I live an attitude of gratitude around that too. So I'm doing really well, uh, happy, healthy, and family safe. Uh, what I've been doing is uh, I've, I've been using this time. I've been using this time to create uh, a forcing function of COVID was I had to divest our office. Uh, and, and so it really gave an opportunity for me to sort of sit back and, and re, you know, this sounds a little bit meta, but is, is kind of figure out who I am after a big long run and going through an exit and being a founder. Uh, and so got an opportunity to just uh, relax, spend more time with my wife and, and, and my children. And and an opportunity arranged, uh, and I, you know, I decided to get in business with my wife uh, and, and sort of dive into the CPG world uh, to direct consumer. And and so I'm building a brand new company, which is which is fun and, and exciting, and it's uh, it's yeah, it's just something that I'm really thrilled to do. That's awesome. I mean, I know you as as one of the hardest working entrepreneurs in town, uh, and, but a lot of people don't know about your history, uh, so. Tell me a little bit about how, where did you start? Because you have an interesting history. You started off as a teacher and then- yeah. well, We're going that back, way back, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you can, you can choose whatever points and milestones that matter to you, but how did you get to where you are today? What are some of the milestones that you want people to know about your, your journey? Sure, I mean, I'll, I'll give you the, you know, the quick and dirty, if you will. Uh, my entrepreneurial spirit, spirit and- journey started when I was probably, you know, five or six years old. I built, take clay out of the ground and try and sell it door to door. When I was <laughs> um, in grade seven, I started building a ramp company called Brad Ramps. Uh, that was when the BMX was a big phase and we'd paint these ramps uh, white and, and we'd put rad on it and try and sell it. Um, as I moved on, um, there's a, a program called Junior Achievement in high school where we'd go out there and you'd build a company, you'd work with uh, community members that were in the accounting legal and then we started with some foundational practices and ideologies in place uh, and built a, you know, a shirt company called Black Friends. I mean, these are all small things as we got into university, started another company. Uh, and this one is kind of a little bit of a funny company because it was the, it was the first successful company that really took off. Uh, my, my business partner at that time, or my, you know, co-founder as he called now, uh, we were working in a jean store. Uh, he was, and uh, we had a sidewalk sale, and it was in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And effectively, when you're in a sidewalk sale, you're basically just 
out there being a glorified security guard. And we're 20 years old. I think we're in our second year in university. And uh, we had all day to basically talk and, and fold clothes and, and, and put it back. And I was working in a mall. And we realized this isn't where we wanted to be. And the problems that we wanted to solve at that time, um, and, and a little bit embarrassing to talk about now, but it was who I was back then, is we wanted to meet girls. We wanted to party. We wanted to drink beer and have somebody pay us to do this, you know? And, and so that was kind of where our 20 year old That's life- That's a small ask. That's a small yeah. ask going yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we did an application for a BDC student business loan. I still remember it. It was $3,000. And if we paid it back during the desired time or, the, or, or, their, or this you know, magical time, they'd give us $100. So we have an interest-free loan that we made money on. Um, we went out and we decided that we wanted to build a DJ company. We knew nothing about DJing. Uh, we went to the all pawn stores and we bought DJ equipment. I had to figure out how to put it together. We pitched the local press, which is uh, the university paper. They did a full page story for us oh, in wow. 1997. And all the colleges started hiring us. And that company ended up growing 10 years later and had, you know, doing weddings and all this stuff. And then, you know, I think, you know, 20 employees at one point um, exited out of that company. And that's how uh, the main I guess the the main success of of the past ten year would be is is Ticket Tick. Um, it's an online ticketing event management company, and we started because uh, in in two thousand six we were putting on our own events uh, and putting on our own events uh, because you know we 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 realized okay well you know people are hiring us to go out there and DJing and you know we were making five hundred dollars a night what if we put on our own events and made them five thousand. Uh, and, and we started becoming promoters and, and so did the life cycles and you start iterating as you go out. Um, and, but at that time it was really hard to go out there and collect tickets You go out there to music stores or you end up going out. And so like the whole su supply chain of, of, of money to sales was, was, was fractured. Um, and so we came up with the idea of e-ticketing and that's the same amount of time, time where a company called Eventbrite, um, which everyone knows uh, was starting as well. Uh, and so we were able to go out there and, and, and get, uh, you know, world traction. Um, Eventbrite was able to go out there and be the dominant player in, 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 the, play, in, in the market. Uh, we were able to get to a spot where um, nowhere near Eventbrite success, uh, but enough to go out there and maybe, maybe be a headache. Um, but, the, you know, huge mutual respect. They came asked to acquire us. Um, and so approximately two years ago, uh, we went through an acquisition process, uh, less than two years. Um, and then we got to see that life cycle come together. And then in addition to that is we were able to go public with them, which was a, another beautiful life cycle we were able to see. Um, and that leads us to, to COVID, um, where, you know, I, we started working with Eventbrite and built up Eventbrite Canada. We divested out of that because of COVID. And and now uh, we're back at it, starting another company and, and having fun. Wow. So I had no idea that, that those are the early beginnings of, uh, of Picketic. I thought like you were a teacher once. I had the like the the the, the, the kind of the the meta meta view. You're a teacher once, then you started Picketic, and that's I had I, I I mean it's funny you think of these things that you started way back when you were five. I'm curious, do, do your friends, like people who know you, know about these stories? Like, how would they describe you? I mean, many people would describe you as the driven entrepreneur that you are, the giver in the community. How would people who know you as a friend would describe you? What are you yeah. like as a person? 
Um, I, you know, I, the good thing, um, and I'm very happy. One of the proudest things I am is I'm, I'm still friends and close friends with, um, people from elementary school to high school, uh, throughout. Uh, so, uh, it's been, it's been good because, you know, we're still texting even to this day, yesterday, we're still texting or communicating and, and I go back home, we all get together and have laughs and pick up where we last left. Um, so, um, I think my friends would would uh, would consider me um, an outlier in terms of ideology and thought process. I was, you know, they're like, "What is Jay up to now?" Uh, that'd be that kind of thing. Um, I I would expect that we they they were not surprised um, in terms of any outcomes that were the outcomes that they were. Um, I think that they would would consider it genuine and authentic um, in terms of the the uh, approach i think they would also um they would not uh they, they would they would definitely not consider myself too serious um and so that there's that piece um and and very loyal extremely loyal uh i, I you know i really really love that uh and um yeah just that that's really what it is and it's uh, you know, being able, it's a gift to be able to have such close friends and deep relationships with people with great virtues, morals, ethics, and values. And, and I think that's something that um, I think they would, they would probably communicate back in terms of um, saying that that was something that they probably were most endeared by as I am to them. Mm. What was the difference between pick, uh, like, Jay, the the founder in Picketic Picketic kind of time, uh, you know, you had your own startup, you you ran things in a certain way. Then you actually worked within Eventbrite, and you you went you stayed with them when they went public. What are some of the things that you kind of you saw different in yourself as this as this process uh, kind of through the acquisition? Like, what did you notice about yourself? You are very curious to find out. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. I mean, there's, ten, there's, there's, there's life cycles throughout building up a company. Um, and so, at, you know, the early days, uh, there is um, maybe sort of like as a new founder or, or, or uh, getting to get a green experience founder, uh, you, you know, you, re, you ride this roller coaster wave. As you, as you get a little bit older and more experienced, maybe not older, but more experienced, you're realizing the highs aren't as high and the lows aren't as low, and you become a lot more consistent as you go through. Um, you know, when you're a founder, I think that, you know, this idea of impossible is nothing is, is, is really stuck in my head. Um, and you're always kind of a big thinker. You, you, you're really looking to go out there and solve problems. You're vocalizing. You, you really you surround yourself by those type of people who have that ideology and that mindset. So, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I would always talk to the team about, you know, if we're not embarrassed by our product every six months, we you know we're doing it wrong. Um, we're always looking to go out there and hire entrepreneurial mindset or people who are like, who want to raise the debate, you know, who are passionate about the product, um, you know, almost people who are, are who are not coachable um, in the sense that, you know, because we're building something that doesn't exist. And so we need to go out to have a site and I'm not, and not coach, no, coachable doesn't mean not respectful, not empathetic, uh, not, not a good team player. And so there's those pieces of really going out there and not having the, the rule book, mm -hmm. then moving into, um, you know, a bigger organization. 
that was a, that felt very sobering and, and, um, you know, real, really, um, yeah, just a different, different from the way the foundation what we did. And so what ends up happening in, in like love, love the, the company that acquired us and in, in, in enamored and thrilled by the founder uh, who, who, who runs the company. But what ends up happening when you come into this, this organization, you now have a reporting structure or management. And what we found is, and for myself, is you end up coming into this sort of like this, this, this silo of reporting to a manager that is and has key results and ideologies of really going to fit into this box. So you now are really kind of put into this box of like, okay, here's how you have to work. And, and that's okay. I get it. You know, big companies perhaps don't move as fast, but they generally move a lot further. Um, and when you're starting working with this agile approach and this flutterarchy, and you now come into this structure and you end up having middle management or somebody who's been in this spot where they've kind of like trying to go out there and play, I did not play, but there's these, these politicking rules of how to go out there and you know, climb this corporate ladder in terms of that um you know that dynamic that was quite unique uh and and eye-opening um and and so for me it was it was it was a great opportunity to learn because that was good it also put me outside of my comfort level which again which is which was stretched um is you know but it definitely wasn't something that i uh, gravitated to or found that that was going to be my life purpose as i moved on um, you know, I just I wasn't I wasn't getting fulfilled. I just did not really see a world where I was going to be in a in a corporate structure. I want to build. I want to solve. I want to iterate. I want to throw spaghetti at the wall, um, and I want to go out there and swing fences. Yeah, you have you have this interesting uh, relationship with ideas. When you reached out in regards to the new thing that you're doing with Nicole, mm -hmm. and um, you know you like oh he's doing another thing like what, tell me a little bit about like do you get many ideas how do you manage you know which one to go after uh, what gets you excited about certain ideas can you speak to that as well yeah yeah happy to like, i mean there's a few things um a lot of questions there uh <laughs> yes i'll try and get <laughs> anyone any one of them just yeah sure yeah <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome oh you're so great um so what gets me excited about the ideas is what resonates is like, I, you know, I pass up the good for the great uh, in terms of that aspect. So like I really, really sat back and thought about, okay, is, what, what can I get really passionate about? And I felt really cool about tech sexy. Uh, and I'm going to back things up is like, you know, I, I find it very dangerous uh, in terms of, you know, people getting enamored by being a founder or wanting to get into the tech world. Um, there's nothing in my opinion that's sexy about our space in terms of building up a company. It's like getting punched in the face every single day. Um, so you really, maybe every hour, um, but, you know, and so I'm not romancing the hardship of it, yeah. but whatever I am. Only, saying, only those who don't know it kind of say like, oh, this is, this looks so amazing. But the people in it, like, just like you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Like you, it's, it's, it's a grind and a hustle. I mean, as most businesses are. So I think that like really being passionate and, and owning and understanding a problem. And is this something that you really are going to go out there and make your life passion about and, and, and blood, sweat and tears and really go out there and, and, and just live eat and breathe it. Um, and so that was, 
that was it in terms of what I'm getting past. Now, this the, the new product in terms of what I was looking at is like, okay, this is something that I I've been doing for the last 20 years. I see, I see. Now the next thing is I look, does it have product market fit? What are the tools that I the toolkits I have? Is this something that I see in terms of an emerging market? You know, so like the pragmatic side in terms of like really understanding about the opportunity in, in, in the greenfield. Um, and so those are the things that get me excited. Now, and more specifically, if I had to distill it down, um, working with my wife, you know, COVID, like she, she's, her name's Nicole Parmar. I mean, she's, you know, I'll shed modesty. She is absolutely a phenom. She is extremely gifted as a performance marketer and she runs that business. In addition to that, she has three undergrads. She has a master's in statistics. She was working on her doctor before we got pregnant. Like she is absolutely just a wonderment of a human being and getting an opportunity to work alongside her and spend time with her is just something that is, uh, is something that was, is really, really, really uh, attractive. Um, and, and when you're building up, a, you know, I call it the PTTM, like a product that is, you know, disruptive, distinctive, you know, or you, either you can create something. Uh, a team is really, really important. Um, and the team of having my wife alongside as a co-founder is like, mm, I feel like we're winning before you even started. Interesting. Now, uh, I know Nicole personally, and I know she's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I love Nicole. She, I mean, just she's so knowledgeable. It's, uh, also, the energies, her energy is amazing. However, a lot of people would say, you know, working with your wife. Now, I work with my wife as well. So I have yeah, probably. Say, you, you know exactly. I know your wife <laughs> as well. And she yeah. is a phenom and a force in her, yeah. her own right. But we we're so we probably have because uh, I know Nicole also helped you with uh, with Picketake as well. Like she she I think she she did she did help with Picketake as well at, at the early days uh, in marketing. It, it uh, wouldn't have, we wouldn't have been able to get acquired if it wasn't but for yeah. her. So, I mean she's so, used a big big force throughout the process. Yeah. So she's I I think we we have a different perspective. But a lot of people say working with family. I don't know. And you really do you really want to kind of work with a person you're always with every day? Uh, what would you say? What would what would you say about that? Like, I mean, there's one thing that she's as a person can add value, like uh, like as a person added to the team. But is there another level from your point of view of having someone that you have the trust, the comfort, what does that bring to the process as you're developing ideas and moving them forward? Well, I mean, here's a, here's a few things. I mean, I mean, to that, we started in Saskatchewan and we got married and four days later, I asked my wife if she would go out there and move our company from Saskatchewan to San Francisco. We hopped in our car and we drove down and that was the start of really going out there and, and really uh, building up picket tick because there's a few things in Saskatchewan at that time we didn't have you know the network we didn't have access to the capital etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, the signaling that happens in our industry and so for her to go out there and you know quit her job and to really come and be supportive uh, and then in addition to that is to really go through um, the journey with me so she got to go out there and all the stressful points around that so going through that accelerated program and then going through an accelerated program in toronto and going across you know the country around that to, to another country and then in manhattan new york and building it up uh, we got to go through a lot of unique uh pressure point stressful uh periods um together so uh, we have an opportunity to have sort of this this tenure of really seeing each other through that, and you're able to kind of, if we're able to kind of work through those those moments together, we're able to find sort of um, you know opportunities that you know 
opportunities or situations that would have broken us or brought us closer together. Those opportunities brought us closer together or those experiences. As a result, what has happened is I've been able to go out there and work on my skill in order, you know, and, and really get tenured around and, and continually growing and hers at the same time. Now, the merriment of both of them together seems really exciting. So uh, what is it? What is it? What is it like working with a partner? Well, you know, at the beginning, it was without without lying, you know, with extreme candor, it's difficult. It's, you know, you, 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 you're bringing your work home. Um, you, you know, what's the relationship and you have children and so on and so forth. But as we've been able to grow and we've been able to distill the value and see the expertise the other one brings, there's been nothing but huge respect and there's nobody else I'd like to work with. And we're having a fun time with this. And, and we sort of have this, this mantra, are they saying that we, we kind of like, we, we have, we say almost every day is that if we're not looking at everything as an adventure, um, or, or if we look at everything as a venture, we will never be disappointed. And so that's the mindset that we have put this into um, as, as our next adventure. So that's, that's how I, how I, my first initial reactions in terms of what your question is. And that's how I'm thinking about it. Fascinating. Um, this is, this kind of brings up a lot of, a lot of things. Uh, what, what would you say is the, some of, some of the distinct processes, because I know you, you're someone that I've heard speak many times and I know how you think of ideas and what do you think are the distinct processes or elements of taking an idea from just an idea to something real, like making it happen? Um, what, what are, what are these kind of key elements for you? Well, listen, I mean, I'm, this might be a little bit controversial, but, uh, ideas are dime a dozen. I, you know, I'm, I just, I, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the idea is it's execution. Um, execution in terms of being able to do that. So, I mean, having an idea, the first thing it really is, is like, it's just a, it's a matter of making a million decisions and a million steps. And it starts with the first, the first step, the second step. I mean, and so when we take a look at that is, is that, you know, where do we get incorporated? What do we want to call the company's name? But, you know, if you can back, the, back things up a, a bit is that, Ideas can really now, especially is that democratization of um, of technology has really made it really cheap and inexpensive for you to go out there and start a company. But moreover, it has made it really cheap and expensive for you to go out there and and prove out assumptions, right? And so what can happen with that is you know you can do design design sprints around it. You can go out there and talk to other people within the industry. I mean, and be careful of getting paralysis by over analysis, but you know, with the point being is that go out there and create a minimal viable product that is absolutely minimal. And again, I call it polish and excuse my language on this, but you know, polishing the turd um, to make a diamond, like that's not what we want. We want to put something that's, that's absolutely minimal viable, put it out to the world. And you, when I was starting or Nick and I are starting this company, I reached out to you to just get feedback. We reached out to 200 people to go out there and get us and every data point gets us closer to making sure that, okay, we're getting closer to what we think when we're going to go out there and spend use of funds, use of time. Um, so that's my use of funds and use of time. I hope if you raise money or you put your money, your own money, or you end up putting your time in terms of really going out and, and, and propelling this, you're going to find a lot of data points that are going to lead you to going out there and finding out like, who's your persona, who's your customer, what type of narrative you're going to do. Does this actually solve a problem? Is this a pain point or a vitamin? 
do really people care about an app that talks to cats? You know, does that really even, does that resonate? Um, you know, and so these are the kind of things that you can really go out there and push. And I personally love crazier the better. Like, you know, and I always think about the, these, these two scenarios of like, when, when, you know, when you know, one founder went to the other founder and says, hey man, why don't we pick up strangers in our car and take them for rides and see if they'll pay, you know? of course that's uber and then or else it's like why don't we go out there and rent out a spare room to a complete stranger you know and you know obviously they went public last week um with airbnb so you know when they were talking about these when these ideas came out so um the thing that i really really try to emphasize especially around ideas is talk about them and unless there's some type of proprietary magic you know secret sauces we call in our industry is communicate talk about them again it's about execution the reason being is as you talk about them is that there's somebody who knows somebody and everything starts with one conversation that's going to be able to go out to and lead you to a connective point of, okay, here's how you grow. Here's some more data points. Two is that there's a, somebody that potentially will be like, listen, we did this this time and here's all the failures that we had. You might want to think about this. Another scenario that comes out of it is like, I had that same drive to solve this problem, brings in this team right? There's so many things about really making sure that you put it out in the world and communicate it and you talk about it in order to go out there, again, grab data points, but it always starts not with this huge leap off this mountain, but just one step and then another step. And then you're going to get answer questions that you didn't even know that you had questions about. Everyone I teach should, should listen to, to basically what you're saying, because you're saying exactly what I keep telling them. Um, one of the elements that entrepreneurs face, or anyone actually, is how do they find people to talk to, especially if they don't have the network, they're just starting. You picked kind of your life from Saskatchewan and went down to San Francisco. Um, how did you I would, find people? I'll tell you, this is, listen, man, here's, here's, a, here's a life hack. And, I, and I, I'll provide a life hack that is going to go out there and, and, and hopefully this is, this is helpful, but um, here's a way to go out there and penetrate every, every network and really rise to the cream of the top and talk to the, talk to, talk to who the decision makers or people who can open up opportunities for opportunities. Here's what I did is I looked at, you know, when I came into Vancouver, for example, I knew nobody, not a single person. And basically I went out there and I was like, okay, here's 10 or 20 or 30 people that I wanted to, I put into an Excel sheet. Like these are the people I wanted to chat. Then went to LinkedIn. And I was like, who do I know that knows them? It's like, okay, there might be somebody I know, or I had to call, call them. Here's what I did. I effectively went out there and had a script. I was like, hey, saying, my name is Jay Parmar. I'm new to Vancouver. Um, I'd love, you know, I'd love to interview you about the startup scene uh, for about 15 minutes, right? And it's like, uh, and so I'm not asking them for money. I'm not asking them for, in, you know, uh, a job or anything from them. I'd love to go out there and interview them. And that's really what it was. It was genuine and authentic. I really wanted to interview them and just kind of get some advice. So, and I asked them four questions in this interview process. One, the first question was, what advice do you have for somebody who's just moving to Vancouver? Right? Uh, and so that was it. The second question is, is that was, was this, is where do you go for professional development? Right? And so wanted to learn exactly where they learned. Um, you know, if there's, a, if there's, if there's a grow conference at that time with Debbie Landa and everyone who's there, I was like, well, I'm going to go volunteer there. If there is, you know, some, if there's launch Academy and, you know, Hussein and, 
I'm doing something. I want to go volunteer for that. I want to get in, you know, inside, inside there or whatever you guys are doing. The third question is that there's, this is the most important one, is if there's one or two people you think I should meet in the community, who would it be? Everyone went to the top of their Rolodex. They don't go down. They're like, oh, well, wait a second. You should meet this person. You should meet that. And I'd write that down. And the last question is the most important is, how can I help you? Is there anything I can do to help you? Right? And so that was it, you know, and really, and then I'd then follow up. I'd use this, this free, uh, it's called Streak, this, this, this free CRM Gmail. Um, and basically I'd go out there and, and, and follow up and say, Hey, thank you very much. I'd follow them on LinkedIn. I'd end up going out there and tweeting at them back in the day when you tweeted or whatever they, you, you do, whatever you want now to go out there and retarget them as a, you know, as a dopamine that's like, Hey, I'm, I'm grateful. Um, and then I'd follow up with a small email and I'd be like, Hey, who's saying, I appreciate that. You know, that was, a, that was, that was a fantastic. I'm, I'm very grateful. If, you know, the, the two people that you mentioned, if, you know, would you be willing to make an introduction? Here's a small script, no more than like a small paragraph. Um, I'd be, I'd be thrilled to, to be introduced to them. They would go out there. They've now know that I'm not asking anything. They know that like I'm cool. They would be like, yeah, you should meet this person. I got to a point where. I remember one person saying, who the hell are you? And why does everybody want me to meet you? <laughs> you know, and I did this with every race I've got into. Now, here's the beautiful part about it is that these folks that helped me, I'm now in a position that I'm can help others. And they've, you know, it's, it's, it's serendipitous. They've come to me and said, Hey, can you help me in certain situations as that? It is absolutely this this beautiful opportunity of opportunity uh, that's now you know co-advantageous uh, and 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 it's it worked out really well. Now, this is the most beautiful thing for students, I think, or somebody who's starting out. When students, especially now in this COVID world, it's is it is it is like when we find for me when I find um, a student that's reaching out. Because they often, I think, my, and this could be a limited belief, where they feel like they don't have any power or value. But if you're a student and you're all of a sudden going out there and you want to go out there and reach out and say, I'm a student looking to try and get into the startup world, what advice do you have? Or whatever the case be, that, that dichotomy of student to a founder or somebody who's been there is like so endearing that we want to do everything. We love it. We're like, ah, I love that hustle. What can I do to help? And we're almost more. So when students reach out to me, I'm almost like more excited to go out there and help. Um, and so I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, it's so, it's a masterclass to me. It's a masterclass of, of how to reach out to people. And what's so kind of strange and, and funny and, ex, and, and kind of curious about it is, is that I almost word for word did what you said and advise people to do it. In fact, actually, one of the one of one of the things that, I, especially the one on, for students, because me and you, and, and it's now kind of coming to me why me and you always run run to, into each other in kind of similar events. You know, like I show up, it's like, oh, there's you know, <laughs> there's Jay, and and we're we're kind of sharing the stage. It's so funny because it's almost word for word. I did that with Praveen Varshney, you know Praveen. Yeah, and, uh, he's one of the early people that I met, and I asked him the, exactly the same questions that you that you're saying, and that was like when I first landed in Vancouver. So it's kind of eerily similar, uh, and uh, so a masterclass. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So this is 
interesting. You, you're actually working hard. You have your idea, your outreach going to people. But as founders, we know, and I don't know how much you agree with that. As founders, we know that it's not all, you know, uh, even the life hack that you give that you gave is actually work. The life hack is not like, hey, it's it's going to make your work give you better results, but it's not like you're not going to work. You're going to have to do work. So there are challenges along the way and there will be some, you know, dark times. Can you share some of these moments and how did you deal with them? Oh man, I, I'm here. Listen, I mean, here's a great story, and I and I and I really love chatting about this because it is absolutely dark, and there is a stigma around, um, you know, like asking for help and mental health, right? And so there's a few things. I just I'm gonna predicate this by a few things. There's one is that you know there's talent. I mean, I I would I suspect that you could be extremely talented. Um, and, and, um, and gifted, right? However, somebody who will work harder than, harder than you will beat talent any day of the world, any day. And the reason being is because talent builds skill, or, or sorry, uh, talent beats skill, uh, or skill beats talent is what I'm trying to say. And hard work is the only way that you're going to get that skill. It's getting your reps in. And especially in the world that we live in, it's because it's such an iterative, agile process that there's always continually new things to learn. And that cognitive load always has to be sort of moved on. And so uh, the, the story that I love really chatting about is, well, you know, when we moved from Saskatchewan, uh, love it i mean we were doing successful we were you know doing over a million dollars in revenue and we we're you know this magazine listed as one of the top 10 people to know and it was just all this beautiful thing and all of a sudden you know got invited to come down to the valley and my mind is like we're gonna make a billion dollars get down to the valley and realized holy macros these kids run faster than i do they move at a much quicker spot, a quicker space. They're just boom, boom, boom. I also learned is that the networks there were, were a lot more in tune in terms of like the Harvard kids had the Harvards, the Stanford had their, you know, these networks that were there. Um, and so initially what ended up happening is that I became a really small fish in a really, really big pool uh, and got a lot of no's. That was absolutely, and there's signaling that happens in our industry you know, like I didn't know what a, you know, what an ESOP was or, you know, to do a, a note versus a price round, you know, how do we do the signaling, you know, what all these different aspects in terms of like, even just like the finance world to like, how do we approach an introduction? How does this work? Um, so as I went through that process, I went through a really dark period. I get, I started having panic attacks at nighttime, you know, self-doubt. Um, it broke me. Um, and again, that, you know, and I, and I say this again, not to romance it in, in any, in any particular way, but I want to communicate that is that is very common when you're really trying to build something and really put yourself out there in terms of not knowing what you're doing, not understanding it. And it's really pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. And again, here's the biggest takeaway that I got out of it. When I was in Saskatchewan, 
I really was in my comfort zone. Absolutely. And because of why I was in my comfort zone, I didn't really stretch myself. And you get to a plateau point. When I got down to the valley at that time, a forcing function to be down there was not just outside of my comfort zone, but kick my ass out of my comfort zone. And so every single part, I remember going to an event and I was talking to another notable CEO. I started talking to them and going through sort of like my, like, my, my quick elevator, a one minute pitch or whatever, what do you do? Took me to the side and just said, and not to the side, right in front of my wife at the time she was there. And she's like, you're not ready. You know, you shouldn't be here. Wow. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, you know, in my mind, I was like, I, you know, I took that really personally. Um, not only to realize that that founder was doing me a favor by just saying like, and he said, you gotta do this, this, and this, and this, and coaching me around them. Like, you know, and when you come from a place where, you know, people are lifting you up and somebody's like, well, and I thought that was a personal attack, which in fact, that was just, you know, he, he gave me radical candor feedback and able to go out there and help me to shape me in terms of the direction. Anyways, biggest takeaway that I got out of that was being outside of my comfort zone is now my new comfort zone. I'm going to say that one more time. Being outside of my comfort zone is my new comfort zone. Is that that's when I've been able to go out there and stretch myself the most. And by de facto, I've learned the most. There's a, and a, by, by, by de facto, again, I was able to go out there and hone and craft my skill. Opposed to somebody who just has talent that yeah. doesn't do that. And so along that process of going out there to that transformation, there's dark days. And there's days I wanted to quit. There's days that I you know I wake up with panic attacks. I couldn't sleep. Uh, there's just and and it continues to go on. But here's what I was able to do. And what I wasn't well at the beginning was to be able to go out there and not stay on this island. Is talk to other founders. I just got off a call with another founder and we're able to talk. And I always really try and talk about you know founder psychology and being able to be like, okay, what are you working on? What's the problem that you're solving? And having that opportunity to have dialogue and not be so silent because it can be a very lonely island. Now, most times that I find and end up talking to our founders, the you know, the stigma or the dialogue or the narrative is how's it going? It's like, man, we're killing it. We're killing it. You know what I mean? It's like how's it going? It's killing it. You know, and you're always talking about this, really what's happening underneath the ground. It's like it, it's a dumpster fire. And we're just and that's normal. Um you know, and so going back to it is, is that when I was early and I was not very familiar with it, it almost broke me. I've learned to go out there and get help and be able to communicate and understand the highs aren't so high, the lows aren't so lows, but I need help and I can't do this by myself. Right. And I've been able to accept that these are, these are normal. Hmm. And, and, and lastly, the byproduct of being outside of that comfort zone, even though it's extremely frustrating and absolutely um, terrifying, is exponential growth. And as a byproduct of that now, is like I relish that feeling. <laughs> I, can, I can certainly understand and relate in a big way. How has your definition I'm very curious about that. How was your definition of success? You said when you first started, it was like, you know, making some money, getting some girls. 
that was yeah. like a, a very simple and, and, and very honest definition of success at the time. How has that shifted throughout the different stages? And I'm very curious about now that you've achieved what is coveted by many founders, like everybody talks about right, the acquisition or the exit or, and they think there is something that they will get that might be completely made up to them. So I'm curious how, 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 did, how did your definition of success change? And what was not, uh, what was unexpected about when you reach, when you are here after like the exit, whatever, what did you think and how is it different? Again, a lot of questions, just to give you like a white, white canvas, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, well, first of all, I mean, I love these questions, by the way. Um, so, you know, there's a real sense of accomplishment first and foremost, and, and being able to kind of go through that whole entire life cycle, it, it's an absolutely thrill and a sense of accomplishment. I mean, these are things that you can't really learn outside of doing them. And so there's that piece. Um, and so there, there's that. What is a real success? I feel, I feel very successful around that, you know, and, and there's economic outcomes that really go out there and takes pressures around life, um, which is, which is good. And that's pragmatic and, you know, and, and that's real. Um, my value of success has completely shifted in, in the sense that I find success now is the opportunity to have control of my time in my experiences. And so the fact that I can spend all the time that I want with my son and be a present father, which when I was working, I was never there as much as I should have been or could have been, now I'm there. I'm, I'm the coach. I'm there before school, after school, and, you know, at nighttime. I'm probably there way too much for him, um, <laughs> you know. And so every aspect of that, being more present around my family and, 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 and uh, my wife, um, being able to take better care of myself mentally, physically, I mean, these are all some of these things that I felt that I had to go out there and put a little bit at the wayside because I was so enamored. And it is, it, you know, running a startup, um, it's engulfing. It, it really just incorporates incorporate, incorporate your whole entire life. Um, and so that, that now is really the success is time. And I, I look back at this now and I look back at it as like, this is the time that I have with my family that I be able to go out there and create amazing experiences that I am, I am, that money can't take, that take back and really can. So that is really how I take a look at it. Now, and that's a big driver of why I want to go out there and work with my wife is because I want to spend more time with her. In addition to that is we have a deck where my son is the chief, uh, ideas officer and so he gets to be a part of the process as well a part of this company and he sees himself on there so we've used it as a learning opportunity to encompass the whole entire family that's so cool <laughs> yeah. and so what i find success now is you know living life on our terms my terms my family's terms to create experiences that we relish um and and that's kind of that's kind of cool that is that's how i take a look at it and and we're minimalists you know we don't we're not um looking to go out there and acquire things. Um, but we, we take a lot of trips. We can have a lot of experiences. And that's kind of what success means to me is, is time with my family. That's so awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And so candidly, I really appreciate it. Um, Jay, 
I can speak to you for 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 eternity. I feel like always always had great conversations. Thank you very much for being open, sharing openly. I'm definitely going to have you on again and with with even in more in depth questions and asking. Um, thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I mean, just I mean, I want to thank you as well. I mean, what I what you do and your wife and you do for the community. Um, You know, it's, it's grateful and a lot of time it goes unseen, but I just want to let you know that it's not unseen to me and, and, and thank you for being pillars of our community. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Yeah.